All right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best. You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podcasting. And now you welcome to the podcast of the kiss. I'm Gary Shalev. And I am Ken Mears. Pretty sharp, huh? Hello, welcome to your podcast. This is Gary Schaller. And I'm Ken Mills. We are back for another round of discussion. No, it doesn't work. There's some things that just don't work. Yeah, but it, I, I I still think it works. So it's uh, yeah. discussion. Yeah, yeah. Kiss, kiss, discussion. All right, we're we're. <laughs> Which sounds like you've been knocked out by kiss, yeah. a kiss cushion. It'll be very geningful. No, uh, too yes. too far. Too far. Okay, all right. Well, we're here to talk about kiss, and uh, this is an all point bulletin. This just in: breaking news. Well, Ken, it has finally happened. There's a part of me that's almost sad that they got it. How come? Because it was kind of cool to like say, hey, they're not in there and we don't care. We are, of course, talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Shame, which Fame. Yeah, yeah. now it could be the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because Kiss are in it. That's what I think. Okay. That works. Um, but, you know, there's just a, just a certain kind of thing that it's kind of strange that they're there. But I, I don't think that like Kiss is any more accepted by the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame now, do you? No. And I don't think they're any more accepted by anyone who didn't like them in the first place, you know? Yeah. I mean, I still think, like, like let me put it this way. I doubt that Dave Marsh and Jan Winter went and bought Destroyer today. I doubt that they would allow themselves to like it if they did. Exactly. I don't know, man. This is our thing, and basically someone's agreeing with us, so. Our, and, the, and the prediction mill will start, uh, well, it already started, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. The speculation machine about who's going to be inducted and who's going to show up and who's going to play, if they're going to play. What is your money on? Uh, I think that Pete and uh, A should show up. I think that all of KISS past and present should be recognized, even if name only. I think that uh, Bill O'Coin should be thanked, and Neil Bogart, and Sean Delaney. Absolutely. All these things, all, all these people had uh, a great part in this thing that we call KISS, and I think it would be sad if they weren't recognized. My, my, I saw the posts, I'm sure everyone's read them by now, on KISS Online. Paul uh, commented and Gene commented. Gene's, in particular, I thought was really classy. He thanked everybody who's ever been in KISS. Yeah, um, which I liked, and 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 my 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 speculation is that uh, Gene and Paul are going to accept the award on behalf of the band, and that Kiss are not going to perform. That you know maybe Gene and Paul will play with the you know the the jam at the end. Maybe they'll do rock and roll all night because it's it's such a rock and roll anthem, you know. I think that they have to do that, don't you? Seriously. Yeah, but I don't think, but I don't, I don't know. For me, I don't see a reunion with Peter and Ace happening at this event. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I hope I'm wrong. And I don't see Kiss performing um, 
with a, with you know with four kiss guys, regardless of who those guys are. I, I don't see it happening. Hmm. Well, I think that uh, we'll we'll see Kiss perform with somebody, whoever's inducting them, like maybe Kid Rock or Lady Gaga or whoever. Mm-hmm. And I think that they'll do something with rock and roll all night. That's what I think will happen. Most likely. Well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm happy about it. It's, um, I'm happy because... Well, somebody asked me, am I excited? And I'm like, I really don't know what there is to get excited about. It's not like I want a car. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm not one of those guys that like when, like if I'm, if, if I were into sports, like my team, you know, we won last night. I didn't play on the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not in KISS. I'm not getting this award. I know that there are a lot of people who say this is our award as much as it is KISS's, but we just buy the albums. We, oh, we, I, I, I don't know. I disagree. I, th- I, I do feel like there's a we aspect to this. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a weird thing, right? This has always been a back and forth with Kiss. Is um, do we care about um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, being accepted, not being accepted. Do we care about um, not authenticity either? What's the word I'm looking for? Um, I, I really think acceptance, because what we're looking at is like, for example, I think Paul would love to be thought of, even though I I doubt he thinks of it in the same way as being with Led Zeppelin, his heroes, right? Uh, I think Gene would like to be in the same place that the Beatles are recognized. Mm-hmm. So this is this is great. They now every press release they can put out, you know, uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame members Kiss are doing this, that, and the other thing, and you know. Right. So this is this is a feather in their cap. It's nice. It's nice to be recognized. But like I said, I doubt that Dave Marsh and the people that make up Rolling Stone are sitting around going, "Well, I've got to buy Lick It Up Now or Creatures." No, I don't. I don't think it's going to make a dent. It's going to happen. No, no. Do, do, you know, one question I saw on one of the message boards on Kiss FAQ that I thought was an interesting question is, "Do you think they would have gotten into the Hall of Fame if they had broken up in '79 or, or '80?" I don't think so. Yeah. I, I I have a hard time imagining that they. And we've talked about this before, right? What you know. Uh, would they have reunited if they had broken up then, and what would it have been like? You know, and um, I, you know, someone commented that they would be remembered as a fun band, but mainly a, a, a gimmick band, right? Um, and I think you know they they're already remembered as that, except that the longevity of it has. Um, we basically weighed the Hall of Fame down. Say that again. We kind of piled on. The accumulated weight of the KISS Army, and that's not a fat joke, but the accumulated weight of KISS, the KISS Army, and people, I mean, every time KISS would do an interview, whether it be Fox News, Good Morning America, wherever they were, mm-hmm. be like, I can't believe you guys aren't in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think it's just, we just kind of weighed them down. But I know? see, had it and, not, I think had it not been for the fact that they continued for all those decades after the, after the original lineup uh, split up. I think there wouldn't have been that much um, love and recognition for them. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah. Uh, it's sad, but that's the way I see it. I, I honestly believe that they would have been a forgotten thing. Mm-hmm. Someone also mentioned that, for example, uh, where's the Fog Hat Army? <laughs> uh, yeah. Said, uh, not that not that Fog Hat ever made it as big as Kiss, but there were a lot of things that made it as big as Kiss that are 
dismissed and forgotten. Like the village people, for example. Right. You know, we can say that village people weren't that big, but they had their own trading cards and they had the 16 magazines and a bunch of stuff. There was a time they were really hot, you know, as weird as that sounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Kiss were never the Bee Gees, let's be honest. No. The Bee Gees and Fleetwood Mac and Frampton Comes Alive were bigger than Kiss in some ways. Right. Well, no Kiss record was ever Dark Side of the Moon. Or, right. Right. But, uh, and, but, uh, but Kiss did have the merchandise, and Kiss did have the comic books, and they did have a bunch of 12-year-olds that grew up, followed them, followed them through the 80s, and so on and so forth. So. Well, and you and I have talked about this a lot. You got to live through it more than I did as a, you know, as a kind of teenager in the 70s where I was you know, a four-year-old in, in 1980. Um, but the, while the merchandising went overboard, uh, uh, you know, unquestionably, I feel it like it still had more to do with the roots of rock and roll than, uh, than anything else. You know, I mean, uh, kids sitting on the floor of their room with a record player leafing through magazines with, uh, photographs of, of their favorite rock stars is where rock and roll came from. Well, yeah, I mean, people act like rock and roll is this uh, really cool guy club, but in reality, it was always the teenagers that always got every form of music, whether it was Frank Sinatra, you know, the Bobby Soxers, they, they found him before uh, a bunch of older people did and mass acceptance did. You know, he, he caused a Bieber-like mania at the time. Elvis, same thing. It was teenage girls... Same with the Beatles. I mean, go back and look at it, folks. The uh, much-respected Beatles were uh, loved by the same people who would love One, di one, one Direction today, and that's reality. So, you know, Rolling Stone and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and all this stuff and all about being cool and wearing your neat suede jacket and your hair cut and having the right guitar and all that stuff, it, it, was, it was all about making kids happy. And the Kiss Army is no different. Do you think that um, Gene will induct Bieber? I hope so. Uh, when was Kiss actually uh, eligible for nomination? I'm not sure. It has to. It's like 25 years after your first record, or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let's go back in time and listen to some old Kiss. Here we go.
on our Kiss Cruise number three show, but we wanted to bring you something in the meantime because we're really working on that um, cruise show, uh, but it's going to take a little minute. So, you know, we, we have a lot of good stuff that's been piling up that we want to share with you. Mm-hmm. But first, this is comedian Eugene Merman um, live on stage. This speaks for itself. And if you have kids in the room, ask them to leave. Uh, you know how... Sometimes when you're drunk, uh, you say something you sort of regret to ace freely. <laughs> that happened yesterday. His daughter had a birthday party upstairs, and he was very drunk, and they were leaving, and she would, like, had, his, had her arm around him and sort of carrying him to his limo, and I, and I don't know if he heard, I, I think, I thought he didn't, but there was like this odd expression. I, of course, said, uh, don't fuck your daughter. <laughs> and, and you could see, I think he heard me, though. I think he was very drunk, and he didn't know which, if it was real or not. And you could see this thing where he was like, where it was like him and like the third person, they were like, Ace, did that guy just tell me to not fuck my 
If I had my makeup and powers still, I would get him. Wow. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty brutal. Kisses everywhere. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you won't see that on the front page. Of, well, actually, you might see that on the front page of Kiss Online. Um we're really happy. Uh, word is that Ace has a two-record deal just signed. That's awesome. Yeah. I want more of that. Me too. Yeah. Ian Peter sounded really good at the um, at that uh, Eddie Trunk thing. Sure did. Yeah, I was very excited about that. Um, and the inevitable comparisons came up and on the message boards and everything. I guess it's, like I said, it's inevitable, but uh, it's, kind of, it's kind of a drag. I mean, it's been, what, 13 years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway. Hey, I really loved the um, roundtable discussion we had with, uh, that you had with the fellas about um, the 1978 album. And I had a, I, I had a question about that. I actually had two, two or three thoughts about that. I want to I wanna, um, talk more about it another time. But one of the questions I had is, um, I don't remember anyone mentioning this, would this have been an album that Kiss recorded with, Ace, Gene, Paul, and Peter playing the instruments on each track? Or would this have been a, a record that is basically those tracks as recorded? Uh, no, it would be the band recording them. And with the exception of, like, for example, Bob Kulik may have dropped in a little bit, or um, uh, from Letterman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you're, you're talking Anton Fig. Anton Fig, right? Sorry. Okay. Because, you know, I'm, I was listening to it thinking, you know, I love Matt um, picked Easy Thing, which is one of my favorite tracks. And I love Peter's record, unabashedly. I'm, I'm with Matt on that one. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Matt picked Easy Thing. And uh, I, I think that that's, that record, you know, that song could have been, I mean, any of those songs would have sounded dramatically different had it been played by Kiss. I mean, look at the difference between See You In Your Dreams, 1976 and see you in your dreams 1978 right absolutely and i think that that it's a shame that it didn't happen Mm -hmm. and 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 if kiss wants to get back together they should put out this album larger than life and just go back and re-record their solo albums everybody's talking about re-recordings i don't think anyone would complain if the original four guys in kiss re-recorded songs off their solo albums and and made an album i don't think anyone would complain at all i think that i mean any of that stuff would be really fun and i you know i I have some negative things I could say about the Millennium Concert CD, right? The the one that's like this, the that was the um, proposed Alive Four before they. I'll did say this thing. much for it: it's round. It is round. It has and a hole in it. Needs to be. What's that? It's round and flat. Yeah, true, true. But but what is fun about that, and what what I what I did enjoy about that tour, um, was hearing the original lineup kind of reclaim the '80s material. Um in the style of Ace, Gene, Paul, and Peter, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I'll, and I'll say another thing. And, um, that's the kind of sugar Papa likes. Mm-hmm. Could have been a kiss classic. If kiss had recorded it and it had been a little more up tempo, the guitars had been cranked up a little higher. And you, and, yeah. And you ditch the, you know, some of those kind of background vocals, the way that they were recorded on Peter's record. And you imagine, you know, like uh, Gene and Paul doing, you know, the kind of sugar Papa likes during the fade out. 
You've lost me, seriously. That's Listen to me. I'm, everyone who's listening, and maybe I've said this before, probably have. Go to your window. Throw, throw <laughs> open the window and scream, I'm as mad as hell. And I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah. I thought you were going to say, open your window, put one leg out. Go anyway. to your record collection, or or um, or if you're some Kiss fans, go to the record store, uh-huh. or iTunes. Get go to iTunes, buy anything we talk about. Don't you dare download it illegally. Go buy it. Don't do that. Don't do that. That's that's not cool. Go buy this stuff, including the Eugene Merman uh, CD. Go listen to that's the kind of sugar Papa likes. Take take off your you know your your the glasses that you know through which you negatively view the Peter Chris solo record. Yeah, but see, you're painting with a wide brush there, Kimasabi. I don't hate the whole record, but that song... Really? Really? Kind of sugar papa likes, oh baby! (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) Uh, So what's this episode about, Gary? Uh, It's about ten minutes too long. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um... Well, so our buddy Mike Mariocker went to the convention in September, the KISS convention. Ken Kelly was there, Lydia Chris, uh, Lynn Christopher, Ken Sharp, a lot of people. And Chris one of the people... What's that? Chris Giordano was there? I think so. And, and uh, Len D'Alessio, right, the photographer. We got an interview. Mike got an interview with Len D'Alessio. And this is a photographer from the early, early days. Awesome black and white pictures he took of KISS. We've, we've seen them and enjoyed them. And this is a very cool interview. Thank you so much, Mike. Here it is on podcast. This is exclusive. Hi, this is Mike Mayaker, live at the New Jersey 2013 Kiss Expo. Uh, good turnout today, and right now I am talking to uh, Len Delessio, photographer, one of the Kiss photographers from the uh, early '70s, from the beginning of the uh, from the band's heyday, really. Right. Uh, Len and I met last year. I, I really intended to interview you last year, but we kind of split up and I, I missed you. <laughs> but yeah, that, I was that very, was it. That was I, it. I was very glad when you came up behind me today and patted me on the shoulder. And yeah, I remembered, I remembered that we missed each other and I wanted to get in touch with you. And It was good to see you. It's good to see you again. Yeah, good seeing you. Um, is this Would this be your second this expo is, then? This is my second expo. I'm really excited about it. The first expo... Uh, I wasn't really sure how it was going to work. I was very, very happy with the, the, the fans. They're, they're amazing people. And uh, I was really so happy to be invited back to the, to, to the expo this year. And, uh, I'm, again, I'm just blown away by how great these people are. Uh, yeah, um, and the pictures you, you took back then, I mean, just are incredible. And I know a lot of hardcore KISS fans up at that point last year hadn't seen some of those that those were ones that are very rare yeah a lot of the a lot of the stuff that i have uh kiss has the color work in their uh uh, in their archives but the black and white is 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 my work and uh after i had left the music business in the in the kind of late 70s uh everything just kind of gets stored away in 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 in, uh, storage and uh, i started bringing it out again a couple of years ago and obviously, it, it's ended up in the Nothing to Lose book. Right. And uh, uh, some of the stuff had been seen, and some of the stuff uh, has not been seen for uh, 30 years or so, you know. So right. it's, it's exciting to have people see it and react to it. And I, uh, I brought this year, I brought the uh, uh, very large prints 
of the photographs that are in my photographs from the Nothing to Lose book so that people could look close. Right, and I, I just talking to some of the people here today, they're just they're blown away by it. It's it's as cool as you can get. I mean, it looks like you're right there. I mean, to go back, step back 40 years in time, and it's alive in your pictures, and it's just excellent. I, I, I think of myself, and, and, and I don't want this to sound pretentious, but I, I actually feel humble that 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 part of what uh i was meant to do back then was to be a witness for the people that would follow the generations i'm seeing people here where it's moms and dads and 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 six-year-olds and they're all excited and some of the kids are wearing the makeup and the costumes and their and their their the t-shirts and everybody and it's it's going from generation to generation oh absolutely absolutely um Taking a step back in time, how, what led you to go take pictures of them? I was working in the music business as a photographer back then. I started in 1971. My first uh, serious pictures I did with Alice Cooper, mm-hmm. and uh, I began. I got very involved in the music business. I did that for a living as a photographer, uh, working for magazines and record companies. And when Kiss started, they were they were brand new. Uh, people that I knew who were involved with them contacted me and said you've got to get to the Academy of Music here's a photo pass and go and photograph this band Kiss you've really got to get pictures of them and this was in uh, January of uh, 1974 so it was probably their second show that they ever did at the Academy of Music and if you look at the pictures back then the costumes were very simple compared to what they are now correct and the stage effects were really gene-blowing fire and the sirens and the smoke effects uh, they I don't even think they had gotten to doing fire pyrotechnics at that point uh, but that is basically it I, w- I was in the business and and people would contact me and say oh you've got to go do this and you've got to do that and you know some of the pictures ended up uh, with kiss uh, the color ones especially that I shot I always made sure that they had access to it some of them are on the kiss alive 2 album correct and yeah. on the uh, on the CD box set uh, and you know they were, were kind enough to put my name on it. And, you know, give me give credit, and they're good at that. They're good at, mm-hmm. at crediting people for the uh, the work they do. And uh, that's basically how I got involved with them. How did the, the your involvement with your pictures in the book that just came out, Nothing to Lose? How did that come about? Well, people were aware of who I I was, and because you know some of my pictures ended up there's I think one of them in the history book, mm-hmm. and, uh, and 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 my name on the. Uh, Kiss Alive 2 album, uh, the author, Ken Sharp, contacted me, mm-hmm. and he asked me if I had any of this work available, and I asked him what he, and I knew who he was, I knew mm-hmm. how connected he was to, uh, and how talented he is as a writer, so uh, what I did was, I compiled an, a, a large number of images, I, I made small versions of them and emailed them to him, and he and the band looked through the pictures and they made their selections and I was very very happy that they chose one of my photographs to be on the cover yeah I was really really honored and excited about that because they made the final decision for the cover um, so Ken and I uh, oh, Ken actually did all the work on the book Ken and I have been going back and forth with working on the photographs for about two years this book was supposed to come out about a year ago right but right. uh, they postponed it uh, for whatever reasons that they they do things like that, and the timing I think was really great. Mm-hmm. And the band themselves, uh, I was at the book signing they recently did in Staten Island, um. and I was really happy to see that how how 
great they were with the with the fans. They were signing thousands of autographs, right? And 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 still, you know, smiling and happy and and, and you know, cheerful about about what people had to say and thanking them. And it was great. Yeah, I I've been involved with a few of those over the last ten years or so, and I don't think I've ever seen them push anyone away. If somebody took the time to come out, they they accommodated them. And that's I think that's part of the reason why they are where they are at. I, I think so. I think that, that, that they do they're great businessmen. Mm-hmm. They're really good at what they do. They've written great songs. They had a great concept. They just really do it well. And they appreciate where they came from. It doesn't seem like as, as, as far as they've gotten, it doesn't seem like they've forgotten where they came from. Right. And this book is proof of it. For them to come out with a book about their very early years when they were brand new and struggling and broke and, and, and trying to figure out what to do, I think that's a, a, a great thing. Right. Well, they got the right people involved with it, too. They went back, got classic people that were there. You, of course, were there. I mean, I think it really came together nicely. Um, you also have your own website. I have my, my website is delesio.com D-E-L-E-S-S-I-O and on that website are work I did in the 70s in my current work I still photograph bands uh, less on stage more as uh, portrait work mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to be do- redoing the website as everybody else does mm-hmm. and uh, I'm at, at some point very soon I'll be um, setting it up to do online ordering of, uh, of prints which I don't have yet but uh, if you go to the website there's some fun stuff to look at of uh, bands from the from the 70s and also people uh, who are who are current and some of them are are pictures of the same people from um, a couple of people from Alice Cooper mm-hmm. that I photographed in 1971 I photographed them a couple of years ago so it's mm-hmm. kind of interesting to be reunited with people like that and Lou Graham from Foreigner right as right. a uh, as a, a friend of mine and uh, uh, we we did some pictures a couple of years ago and he still uses them as his uh, his official po- his official portrait. So wow, happy about that. Doesn't get much cooler than that. That's cool, and he's a, and he's a very cool guy also. Excellent. And his connection also with Kiss was that he was uh, he was in Black Sheep mm-hmm. on tour with Kiss, their opening act, and he ended up getting in. Uh, uh, they ended up getting in a in a bus accident, and Black Sheep pretty much broke up. And he, he was Lou Graham was re- recruited. Uh, uh, and if he was on that tour with Kiss, you know, I guess if he wasn't, it may never, never have happened. Huh. So things funny how things happen that way. Yeah, yeah. And what are you doing after you leave the expo tonight? After I leave the expo tonight, I'm going to play with my cover band, Geezer, in awesome. Staten Island at a place called the Pepper Jack Grill. And we just, you know, a lot of photographers, a lot of people in, in, involved in, in the music industry are also musicians. Right. Maybe not recording artists, maybe not famous as musicians, but uh, yeah, I play guitar and we have a good time and you know, we do what we do, what we do and have, have a good time. That's what it is. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you coming out and talking to me today. Mike, it's great to see you. Great seeing you again. Hope to see you next year. Cool. All right. All right, bro. Good talking to you. Take care, man. Thanks. Bye. What's up, everyone out there in podcast land? This is Pete LaRussa. And I'm here for the Kiss Covers Corner. Just before I get started, I wanted to say hello to Ken and say thanks once again for inviting me on. Also wanted to say hello to the rest of the podcast crew and, of course, all you listeners out there. So I'm going to get started in my first installment of Kiss Covers Corner with a band that I ended up getting into by way of Kiss Covers compilation released in 1990. 
called Hard to Believe, a Kiss Covers compilation. You're going to hear throughout my installments of Kiss Covers Corner that in many ways, bands covering Kiss ended up exposing me to said bands that I'm going to be playing. I'm sure it's something that's very, very common amongst you listeners out there as well, and fellow fans. So, without further ado, I'm going to get started with a band that released a record, Summer of 1993. I'll never forget going to our local record store here in Brooklyn with my friends, as we usually did every Saturday, picking up this record, bringing it home, throwing it on the CD player, didn't even look at the track listing at the time. And next thing we know, we hear this. I'm going to drop the needle here on my vinyl. And right about here is where I had my holy shit, it's a kiss song moment. The band is the Melvins, the album is entitled Houdini, and as I mentioned, it was released in 1993. The year before they released Houdini, the band members of the Melvins at the time released their own solo albums, and the album artwork was in the same style as the famous Kiss 1978 solo records. On the Hard to Believe a Kiss covers compilation, the Melvins covered God of Thunder, and later on on the Spin the Bottle compilation, Vocalist King Buzzo once again covered God of Thunder with Bob Kulik backing him up on guitar. So that's going to be my first installment of Kiss Covers Corner. Thanks, everyone. Take care. You guys might have been wondering where the episode was this month, and Gary's taking care of that, but we've just been really busy with our families, and we just we want to make sure that the podcast continues on and that we bring you some good stuff. We're going to be trying to add, add on to the staff a little bit, and we're going to try to keep this thing going. It's We're going in our seventh years, and it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. We're very proud of what we've done, and we're proud that you guys enjoy it, and we're psyched about all the other... Kiss podcasts out there that have joined the club, and the more the merrier. And we'll see you in 2014. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at KissFAQ.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late, great Eric Carr, and the late, great Mark St. John. You are Kiss, and we are your army podcast is created by the kiss army for the kiss army and it is available for free as an internet download if you like what you hear on our show go buy it and support the people who made it podcast is not affiliated with kiss or any of its members past or present on behalf of myself ken and the whole rest of the podcast crew thank you for listening to podcast the kiss fanzine for your ears